0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the life studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. The Bible, in many places, presents Christ as a land to God's people. The Old Testament type of this good land is Israel. But this land in the New Testament is our own experience of Christ. God's purpose for His people is not just to have the Bible and biblical knowledge, but to experience and enjoy this Christ in an ever-increasing measure. We've come to chapters 49 and 50 in the book of Isaiah today. And we're happy to have Dick Taylor in the studio with us again to add his portion to our exploration of Isaiah. Welcome back, Brother
1: Dick. Thank you, Brother Chris. Good to be here to experience and enjoy this wonderful Christ as our good land. These chapters seem to be very confusing, Dick, 49
0: and 50, if we don't have some proper direction and background. We're going to hear Witness Lee early in the program today mention again how vital The seeing and understanding of God's economy is to a thorough understanding of a book like Isaiah. For those new listeners who may not be that familiar with this term, what is meant by God's economy, and how do we see it in a book like this Old Testament prophet
1: Isaiah? God's economy is his plan to gain a corporate expression of himself in his people, and this is carried out through God's great move into his people. That is, God's moving himself into humanity is like a great wheel, and the hub of this wheel, the spokes of this wheel, and the rim of this wheel are all just the wonderful, all-inclusive, precious Christ. So this book of Isaiah is focused on God's economy, that is, God's move to gain his kingdom— through the dispensing of this wonderful Christ into his people. So many chapters in this book just bring us to Christ, and again in chapters 49 and 50, we see the wonderful Christ as the servant of Jehovah and the very witness of God. So here is how we see God's economy in the book of Isaiah with Christ as everything.
0: Dick, we're going to go to Witness Lee at this point, and we'd like to point out again, uh, many of our listeners perhaps were following along in some of our earlier life studies, Acts, and Romans and Hebrews, which were spoken either in the late 70s or early 80s. We're now in 1990, uh, as Witness Lee gave this life study of Isaiah. And his physical condition by this time had weakened noticeably. He was well into his 80s, but the spirit and strength from within is very detectable in these messages. Nothing frail about it, Dick. Amen. Amen. Let's join Witness Lee.
2: Concentrate your attention to one thing, God's economy. What is the economy of God, especially in chapter 49? The chapter, especially, on Christ as the servant of Jehovah, as typified by Isaiah, the prophet of Jehovah, for a covenant of the people to restore the land. This is altogether not ordinary. It's altogether something strange or something fresh. Christ as the servant of Jehovah is typified by a prophet, Isaiah, for a covenant. That means Christ to be a covenant of the people of God. That was Israel, to restore the land. To restore the land means what? Means to bring something of God's economy concerning his kingdom. The land is mainly for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God consummates eventually the new Jerusalem in new heaven and new earth. Chapter 49 covers three persons. One prophet is Christ then Isaiah, then Israel. All the three are just one servant. Eventually this chapter on Christ as servant of Jehovah speaks on three Israelites. All of them are Israel, so they are one. Israel in totality is God's servant, is God's witnesses. Christ, in the Bible, is also unveiled as God's servant and God's witness. Isaiah, no doubt, was the same. Isaiah was God's servant and witness. All the three are one. At Isaiah's time, he doesn't know this term, this phrase, in Christ. But today, we know this little phrase, in Christ. Are you not in Christ? Yes, you are. I am not in Christ? Yes, I am. We all are in Christ. One culprit, Christ. So, we all are one servant of God, and we all are one witness of God. This is God's eternal view.
0: Dick, in these chapters, there seems to be three persons being spoken of, Isaiah, and Israel as a corporate person, and Christ. But these three really are one corporate person that even includes us. Dick Witness Lee said that if we don't take this view, there's no way to understand these chapters in Isaiah. Help us to get into this view.
1: It's good to see these verses in chapter 49, 1 through 9, bring us to these three persons who are just one, Isaiah, Israel, and Christ himself as the genuine servant of Jehovah. You have to look at this from a couple of angles. We really appreciate our brother's ministry opening this up. Number one is, all three are Israel. Of course, Isaiah himself is an Israelite. Israel, of course, are are Israelites. Christ himself is also a genuine Israelite. So in that sense, all three are one. Secondly, Israel, Isaiah, and Christ— are all God's servant, God's witness. Isaiah, typifying Christ, is God's servant and God's witness in many places in this book, particularly here. And then we see the corporate Israel is also God's servant, God's witness. And of course, Christ himself is God's servant, God's witness, God's testimony. Again, we see all three are one. And then you come to the New Testament, and you realize that we are included in this oneness, and we are with Christ, just one corporate person as God's servant and God's witness. And the amazing thing here is this verse that eventually we'll speak about, is that a prophecy concerning Christ where he said, I will set you as a light to the nations to be my salvation unto the ends of the earth this wonderful Christ as the light of God, this wonderful Christ as God's salvation has reached to the ends of the earth, even us. So now we're also included in this one corporate person. Dick, this is not
0: an easy point to see, particularly about ourselves being included in the corporate person, Christ. That's true. Uh, We've covered this in some of our New Testament life study programs. Can you just open this up a bit more? How are we included? In Christ, That sounds probably odd to many of our listeners who've never heard this kind of interpretation of the Bible before.
1: One very good verse, Chris, is 1 Corinthians 1.30, which says, because we are believers in Christ, that is the crucified and the resurrected Christ, it says, but of him, that means of God, you are in Christ Jesus. So our being in him makes us one not only with him, but one with one another. At one point, we were in Adam, the God-created yet fallen humanity. But by Christ's redemption and by Christ's resurrection and his becoming a life-giving spirit, when we believe into this Christ, who's been crucified, resurrected, ascended, and poured out upon all flesh as the wonderful life-giving spirit, then instantly we are put into him And he is put into us. So we enter into this oneness by our believing and being joined to Christ in life. As he's in us, we're also in him. John 15 says, abide in me and I in you. Again, we see this oneness in a practical way. But mainly by believing in Christ as the judicial redeemer and the wonderful life-giving Savior, God transfers us out of Adam, where we are one with nobody except the devil, into Christ, where we are one with Christ, and we're one with all of Christ's believers. Well, Dick, we know that Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet speaking to the Old
0: Testament people of Israel, Uh, but we're going to see a wonderful verse where that's very much expanded to include even us in this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The
2: three persons of the seven of Jehovah... Firstly, Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet of Jehovah, typifying Christ as the servant of God for God's speaking. In this aspect, Isaiah typifies Christ to speak for God. Isaiah spoke for God, Christ even more, and uh, all the apostles speaking are His speaking in continuation. Even after he ascended to heavens, he never stopped speaking. Do you think that all the 14 epistles written by Paul, that was Paul speaking, that was Paul speaking as a continuation of Christ speaking. In this sense, Isaiah typifies Christ. Firstly, Isaiah. Secondly, Israel. The totality of Israel tribe was God's servant so Isaiah was a part of Israel spontaneously he was a part of God's servant Christ also is a part of Israel in Hosea the Bible calls Christ Israel in this servant Jehovah will be glorified typifying that God is glorified in Christ as the Israel of God in this chapter whatever is spoken concerning isaiah concerning israel all were spoken concerning christ from the womb jehovah formed him to be his servant to bring jacob back to him so that israel would be gathered to him and he will be glorified in the sight of jehovah and his god will be his strength. you know jesus the Son of God, did that much, spoke that much, we all admire it. But so many Jews, they despise that, yet God knows. So God will give the judgment and God will give also the reward. God says to him, you just rest up Jacob and so forth, that is too small. God said to him, It is too small, he said, that you would be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserve of Israel. I will also say to you, I say, light of the nations. This is much, much greater. To be my salvation. You, I say, light of the nations to be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Today we have seen this and we are still seeing Christ became the great light to nations and He is God's salvation extended to the end of the earth.
0: Dick verse 6 of Isaiah 49 says it's too small a thing that you would be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. I will also set you as a light of the nations to be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Dick, this is a wonderful prophecy concerning Christ, that he would ultimately become a salvation not just to Israel, but to the nations as well, to the ends of the earth. Dick, we're seeing this prophecy being carried out even today, aren't we?
1: We sure are. And it's good that the wording of this verse is excellent. It says, Not just to give salvation, but he wants to be salvation. When you pay close attention to these words in this verse 6, all you see is Christ, Christ, and Christ expanding. I like this word, my servant. Those two words refer to Christ. You are a light. Light refers to Christ. My salvation refers to Christ. God's desire is that all of His people would experience Christ as their very salvation. Not only salvation from eternal perdition, but salvation from a host of things in their daily life. Saving you perhaps from loneliness, saving you from emptiness, saving you from individualism. Isn't it good? While we're enjoying this broadcast, we're enjoying the dispensing of Christ as God's salvation. And this salvation is not just to Israel, to the tribes of Jacob, but to the ends of the earth. I was just in Australia. I enjoyed seeing Christ as the very salvation of God being exhibited in a group of believers there loving him. And yesterday I was on the phone with Africa, again enjoying something very precious of this wonderful salvation, this Christ— this light who has spread to all the earth. So, this prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. What can we say about this except, hallelujah for such a Christ? Dick, we're going to
0: see in this final section today, uh, witnessly speaking about what is a common theme in Isaiah, and that is the matter of the land of Israel being restored. I encourage our listeners, stay tuned. This is very, very intimate very much connected to our own experience of Christ. Once again, here's Witness
2: Lee. Thus says Jehovah, in an accepted time I have answered you, and in a day of salvation I've helped you, and I will preserve you and give you for a covenant of my people. I will give you for a covenant or as a covenant of my people to restore the land to apportion the desolate inheritances. What is a covenant? A covenant eventually is the will. And what is the will? The will is the title deed of all the riches. If there is only the will as the title deed of the riches, but there will be no riches. So that title deed will mean nothing, but With Christ it is different. He is He is all the riches given to us. He is all the riches willed by Himself to us. Not only so, He is also the riches. So eventually He Himself is the will, is the covenant. We all love the Bible because we know the Bible is a will with a lot items covered to be our portion. But if there's no Jesus, there's no Christ, what the Bible would be? Just empty papers, page after page, page after page, so many good things. Yet, there is not such a thing. No reality. So Christ is the reality of all the items willed as bequest in the Testament. Today, we have the Bible, we do have a will, we do not only have a grand deed, we have a book of the deeds. Every page is a deed. Who will be the reality of these items? Who will make this deed real? Jesus Christ. So eventually, what he gives as a will is just he himself. This is to restore the land. Today, if you want to have the Bible, you don't have an experience of Christ as a reality. You don't have the feeling, you are expanding. But today, if you have experiences of Christ plus to the Bible, then you have the sense you are expanding. When you are expanding, that means what? That you are occupying Christ as the land for God to build up his kingdom that God's temple God's testimony might be established the more experience we have of Christ the more sense within us that Christ is expanding within me just like the good land is expanding within me, then God's kingdom could be built here with God's temple as his testimony.
0: Well, Dick, we've just seen that to restore the land is to experience Christ in an increasing way. We may just have the Bible, but not have any sense that Christ is expanding. But if we are experiencing him day by day, we will have the definite sense that Christ is expanding. How is this related to God's kingdom being established with the temple as his testimony?
1: This is a tremendous phrase here, restore the land, bringing us to the experience of Christ, even Christ expanding within us and increasing within us. It's really good as we listen to our brother to realize that Christ himself— as such an all-inclusive, precious person, he is God's covenant. And eventually we realize through this broadcast and through the help of this ministry that Christ is not only God's covenant, but he is God's will. And since he has died on the cross, as the will-giver, the will has been released and made open to us. Not only this, this will is not an empty will but this will is full of the unsearchable riches of christ so what i appreciate here chris is the fact that eventually when you hear god's covenant that phrase really is just christ god's will with all the unsearchable riches are just christ and when we have the experience of turning to this christ for example to tell this Christ how much we love him. Oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. Turning our heart to him, exercising our spirit, what happens? This very Christ, who is everything in God's economy, is spreading and expanding within our being as the wonderful, good land. As we enjoy this all-inclusive Christ, what's happening? We are occupying the land and the land Christ is constituting us with Himself. So what's the result? The result is we get full of this living Christ who is expanding within us, we get builded up together with others who are enjoying Him, and we become the very temple of God as God's testimony and witness on this earth. In Revelation 1.5 it makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is God's faithful witness. Now this Christ, who's gone through death, entered into resurrection, and is the life-giving Spirit, is presently within us and also dispensing Himself into us in a flowing way. As we enjoy Him, we get constituted with Him, we occupy Him as the good land, and we become His temple, filled with him, builded together in him, with him and with all of his other children to be his living testimony or witness on this earth. So this is a very, very practical section concluding with us experiencing Christ to be the very temple of God, to be his living testimony for his kingdom on this earth. And I appreciate so much that the Lord would have mercy on us opening this matter of restoring the land and fulfilling God's covenant. This passage leads us to a present experience of Christ in the New Testament. We need to experience and enjoy this Christ as the ever-expanding, increasing good land, be constituted with him and be builded together with him and with all of his other children to be his temple so that he has his testimony and his kingdom on this earth.
0: Dick, it occurs to me that in the book of Isaiah, there are a number of passages that are unmistakably Christ. We have the verse in chapter 7 that a virgin will be with child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Unmistakably, that's Christ.
1: That's very clear.
0: Isaiah 9, 6, Mm -hmm. uh, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Again, Uh, very clear. Then we come to a passage like this. Without help, how do we find such a Christ? But with the glasses that are provided to us— in this ministry, it's also unmistakable, isn't it?
1: That's true. Thank you, Lord, so much for this ministry and bringing us the proper help seeing Christ in these chapters.
0: Amen. Brother Dick, thank you very much for being with us again.
1: You're welcome, Brother Chris. Look forward to being with you soon.
0: Well, we'll have you back very soon. It's always a real enjoyment for us. Amen. It's also an enjoyment that we have you in each of our programs without uh, your participation and involvement. Obviously, what we're doing would be pretty much in vain, but we uh, are encouraged by your calls, your comments, and letters to know that uh, this is not in vain. The experience of Christ is being opened up and brought to God's people wherever this broadcast is being heard, and to Him for that we are uh, eternally grateful. I want to take just a moment at the end of the broadcast today, from time to time, We are questioned about the financial support of this broadcast. We do not refer to it day by day, and those of you who have listened have realized that. We do want to at least make reference to what our policy and what our feeling before the Lord is regarding this matter. According to the revelation of Scripture, it's our belief that any ministry that comes from God should trust in God for all its needs. Therefore, it's not our policy to solicit donations or contributions, but if the Lord touches any of our listeners to give, we will accept those offerings as from the Lord, and we will use them for the furtherance of His truth. We invite you back for another life study of Witness Lee's sharing and more of our fellowship. Today for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening.